You're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Oh my gosh. Okay, Hearts Unleashed. <laughs> I have a brand new way to begin a podcast episode. So you guys get the audio, but I get the visual. And my guest today, Brian Lee, showed up to his podcast episode in his clown attire. So I I'm going to introduce him real quick, but before we even, I'm doing this different today. We are winging it, Brian. What are you doing? What are you doing with this clown outfit? Why am I in it? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no. Tell us about your clown outfit. We're, I'm jumping right into the interview. I'm so inspired right now. <laughs> Tell us well, uh, about where that clown outfit uh, came from. Well, I recently went on a tour with Patch Adams to Russia um, with about 33 other clowns. Um, and this all kind of spawned, believe it or not, after the death of my father. Yes. My father yes. passed away in April and, you know, death does an interesting thing to people, you know, not necessarily the dead people, but <laughs> the people who are still alive. Yes. <laughs> um, in the old days, you know, when people wanted to, they were at a crossroads in their lives and um, they would just pack up and join the circus. Yeah. Well, today, because there's very few circuses around, nobody does that anymore. So when my father passed away in April, um, I was really disheartened to learn that, you know, he worked the same job um, for his whole entire life since he was 16. He died at 71. Um, and I found out uh, after he passed that that was really not a job that he liked and not something he really, really wanted to do. And so when he passed, I decided I wanted to do something. Um, one, he's never flown on an airplane in his entire life. So he had never flown on an airplane. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to do something that would honor him. So um, when I decided to you know, take a 13-hour flight to Russia, and to do something that uh, is totally unlike something that I would do, which is become a clown and be completely unscripted. Yes. Um, I have a background yes. in stand-up comedy and a background in theater, um, but every show that I ever did was scripted. And so when they let me loose in a clown outfit in the middle of Russia and said, okay, go make people laugh, I was a little <laughs> stunned. So um, it, was, it was quite the learning experience and the learning curve. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for sharing with us right off the bat. I love your ability to jump right in. Now, you guys, this is Brian Lee, and he is the CEO and founder of 100% Bullyproof, and it's just so inspiring. So for him, I'm going to let him share more of his story, but to go from in his youth and even into adulthood being bullied to showing up to this podcast right now in clown attire and flying 13 hours to Russia, like completely free and unleashed and willing to just burst out of any 
comfort zone or any predictability and go live freely and expressed and full of joy and play and love. Like that's who I know Brian to be. I got to speak with Brian at an international speaking competition and who he showed up as was just, I mean, he, he commands a room scripted or unscripted. You just can't help but notice his presence. And then when he shares his story, it's just so heartfelt and so moving and so inspiring. So thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing what has inspired you to really move outside of your comfort zone with, with the death of your father. And, you know, to first one minute, sharing, you know, your whole, like that, that most pivotal moment of your life. What was that like? Like, what um, did you wake up to in that moment? Me when he passed? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of mixed emotions. Um, like I said, I never found out until after that he had never done what he wanted to do. And mm. um, I've been writing a book forever. <laughs> um, and I had hoped that my goal was I was going to have it written before he died. And of course, I did not get that done. Yeah. So it was just one of those things where I know I have to <clears throat> really do the things that I want to do. Um, a lot of us, we get into these situations, whether it's with work and having demands on us, whether it's family or um, a financial burdens that we have to take a job that we don't like, um, and then we stay stuck there forever. And so what this situation really did for me was to wake me up in the fact that I do not want to be in a job where I hate my job going in there. And I was like that actually for three years before my father died, I worked at a company um, and I won't mention their name because they're a really famous company, but uh, <clears throat> it was a horrible company to work for. Um, I hated every minute of it. I, we worked 10 hour days. We worked, you know, sometimes 60 hours a week. And I'm like, this is, I wasn't living life. Even on my days off, I was so exhausted. I could not even go out and function in society. So I'm like, this is not the way life is meant to be lived. And I did not want to live that way anymore. And yeah. so that's kind of, it was kind of that, that was kind of the catalyst of waking me up and saying, hey, this is not the way life is supposed to be. And that's not why we were put here is to be in situations like that. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that because there's two things, three things I really heard in that, in that share because how relatable, like how relatable that we end up in a, in a job that we are unfulfilled by, not just unfulfilled, but it, it, it's our perceived misery. Like it's the cause of what makes us so tired and exhausted, like you said, and just getting home after these days and then not present to the life you have after work. Cause it, cause work kind of clouds that. So I hear you. I've been there definitely. And, um, it really starts to have you question yourself and like what you're capable of, or like, what am I doing? What's wrong with me that I can't, whatever, even just why am I so tired? And what I got present to as you were sharing is when we break our promises to ourselves. What do you see in that? Or where did you, how do you, yeah, what's your perspective on that? <laughs> well, you know what, it was, it was kind of one of those things where I once heard a comedian say that, um, I don't worry about getting lost because if I get lost, I just change where it is I want to go. Ah, uh, <laughs> wait a minute. That's so awesome. Um, yeah. And so I think in a way, in my head, I just kind of, I would make these promises and then I would like, if I didn't keep them, well, that was okay in my mind because then I would just change where it is I wanted to go and I would just change the, the desire that I had. Mm. Um, and then what I end up with is just a basket full of uncompleted projects. 
and things that are not done because I keep changing my focus and where it is that I want to go. Mm. Mm. I love that insight. And we talk about this a lot in the coaching world about instead of your world creating your word, your word creating your world, right? Because I can tell you, I've been there and pretty much any client I've ever worked with or just people you talk to, right? Man, if only I could have this life or whatever, but life is happening to me. Therefore, I can't have what I want and I can't, and you give up your dreams. Right. So, So what sort of dreams did you have that when you were in that corporate job, you noticed started to drift away? Well, like I said, one of, one was the book that I had always been working on, you know, I never had time for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was just, I never had time to, um, I would set like engagements or, or I would say that I was going to speak at some fundraiser or I would go speak at some uh, event or do a comedy show here that I wasn't being paid for. And I thought, well, since I'm not being paid for it, I'm tired. Then I just wouldn't do it. You know, I, I would call and I would make some kind of an excuse that well, why I couldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just, it just kind of snowballed. It was just one thing after another that, um, and even I had friends who, since I quit that job, I actually quit that job in February before I went to visit my father while he was sick. Mm-hmm. And wow, you're so much, you know, like, even though your father just passed away, you were in such a better mood than you used to be when you had that job, you know, mm-hmm. because I was, you know, I, I was just a horrible person probably to be around because I was just so exhausted all the time. And I, um, and then that exhaustion kind of bled over into, I knew that I was no longer doing the things that I said I was going to be doing. So then I was depressed from that. Um, so I just really all kind of snow, snowballed at one time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I work with people who uh, deal with anxiety and you, you use that term snowball. And for me personally, because I deal with anxiety, we all do. We all do. It's just a matter of like to what extent and what control we have over it or it has over us. But you say snowballing. And for me, my experience is that spiraling. Right. right. You know, and I've heard people say the piling up or the steamrolling, like there's all these phrases, but that experience is the same. So how does that experience occur for you? Because I think I love speaking these, this experience out loud because I, everyone's telling themselves that they're the only ones. And I just, I want to break that myth. I have such a commitment around it. Yeah. Right, well, you, well, you know, and this probably is not going to totally answer your question at all, but oh, one of the things that happened on this, um, this trip to Russia, um, you know, I was ex- just expecting you to go into be like a, a fun event. And, um, and when you were talking about this whole snowballing effect and how it affects other people, there was one particular instance, we were on a bus and we were heading from Moscow to uh, Sergi Posad and we came to a stoplight and the bus stopped and we just happened to be at a bus stop as well. There was people there waiting on a bus and there was an old woman out there. And so I kind of noticed her and I made eye contact with her and I waved at her and then she waved back at me and then I waved faster at her and then she waved faster at me. And then the other clowns on the bus kind of noticed what was happening. So they're all waving at the woman and she was all waving back. And then as we started to pull away, she started to cry. And I kept thinking, I'm like, why did she cry? And I began to think that we all have the same problem no matter what part of the world we live in. And I think the problem is that we are lonely and we feel that we're invisible. And in that particular moment, for whatever reason, she was not invisible, that she knew that somebody there had seen her. I mean, she, she probably had no idea that a bus full of clowns <laughs> was going to pull up to that bus stop and wave at her. No. 
I mean, I can just imagine her thought when she first looked up and thought, what on earth is that? You know, <laughs> mm. but then that's what I really realized no matter where we went, whether it was an orphanage or whether it was a hospital, these people have not had visitors in quite some time. They, they're just, they're there day to day and they're just invisible. I mean, and for quite a few years of my life, I felt that I was invisible, even though we're in a world of millions and millions of people, we still can be invisible. We can still feel invisible. Like we're the only one. Of course. Man, I, I totally don't know if that answered the question, but it was, per- <laughs> you know, it really was. And it was great because I think with anxiety, we really do. I'm great at suffering isolated and alone. And it really resonates with me. What you said, invisible and lonely. It's, it's that flavor. It's a different flavor of that same emotion and experience. And so I really, you know, I think this is a great segue to talk about hundred percent bullyproof, like, and how this all comes into play into. So this seems like a really fun experience and, you know, playing with that, but you also have created a business around this. Right. And honestly, um, it's not even a business that I had planned to ever go into. Like, I mean, I, I did stand up for quite a few years and, you know, my, you know, my goal back then was I was going to be rich and famous and I was going to be an actor and I was going to be a, a famous stand up comedian. And that's where my life was going to go. And after doing stand up for 10 years, it just, that was not fulfilling. I, I didn't know what, what was missing, but there was something that was missing. You know, people always ask, well, you know, why did you start talking about bullying? And I'm like, well, you know, I, I really didn't pick that topic. That topic kind of picked me because it was something that has reared its ugly head from the time I was little and even through adulthood. I mean, even today, I, <laughs> I, I was dealing with a woman online who was trying to get me to see her point of view and she only had one point of view and she was trying to bully me into believing her point of view. And then whenever I called her out on the fact that, Hey, look, you're bullying to get your point across. And I don't appreciate that. Then of course she no longer wanted to talk to me, (laughs) you know, which is okay with me because I don't, I don't like to associate with bullies anyway. But at the same time, I'm just like, it is amazing how we can be a bully for our own cause at times where that's the only voice that we hear is our our own voice and, and what it is that we want to say without, listening to other people and having Mm. other points of view. Mm. You know, I I really love that, what you just shared and that perspective, because you really, you said we could be a bully for our cause sometimes. And when it shows up with that aggression or that force, uh, add in manipulation and intimidation, it, it occurs as bullying. It's right. really about the, there's that strategy and the way of being behind it and the, what you're doing behind it. But interestingly, the, the way you said it just made me also look at the opposite side of the same coin, which is leader. Right. And, and you know, she, yeah. I mean, this was like a, for the Me Too movement, we were talking about the silly thing that was in the news about the, uh, the song, Baby, It's Cold Outside. And uh, uh-huh. people were taking that song as, you know, and so I was just trying to offer like my, well, she didn't want to hear my perspective. Right, right. Because, yeah, you know, because I'm looking at both sides of the coin. I'm, I, I'm like, I understand your point of view, but here's also this point of view. Yeah. And uh, she didn't want to hear my point of view. So I, I love said, well, it. it. You know, the biggest thing is that is the difference in the way that you present your either an argument or your stance or whatever, because we do not agree. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's just a kind of in the world. And we have the different ways that we were raised and the different, you know, just by way of being human. We have different perspectives. And I love that because 
that's so much of like the hearts unleashed mission and, um, in growing gratitude, which you're also a part of, it's just really what we're doing in there is presenting like the ways that we are alike. And I want to take it back in your conversation. Cause you said that like, no matter what culture, you know, a bus of clowns comes up and waves at you and it can touch your heart because you feel seen. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't well, yeah. matter what political party. It matters that you're human and you have the same emotions and feelings and needs and desires. Amazingly enough, none of the clowns, the very, let me rephrase that, very few of the clowns who were on our trip spoke Russian. I didn't speak Russian. Yeah. A majority of the Russians did not speak English that we encountered. Yeah. And so we did have this language barrier, but they just saw us in the costumes and they saw us that we were blowing the balloons and we were making the balloon animals and we were honking the noses and we were doing all kinds of crazy things and, yeah. and they were wanting the photos taken with us and they had no idea what the heck we were saying and we were just making up our own language. You know, if they would say something to us in Russian, we would just be like, and we would just kind of word something back, you know, and, yeah. it, did, and it totally did not matter. Yes. And you know what? Because, because love speaks every language. Right. Honestly. I've done courses, you know, and it, they're global, international. And then this person comes up and they have the broken English, but they want to share what they're saying. And then they just, I remember this sweet Hispanic woman, she tried, we're trying to speak English because it was primarily an English crowd. So she's trying, but then she's so passionate that she just goes Spanish and just rattles off her whole story. And we're all applauding her <laughs> knowing no idea of what she just said. I love that perspective. So love speaking every language and the fact that passion speaks every language, but it shows up differently. Like you said, it can show up as a bully. It can show up as a leader. It can show up. What else can it show up as? What do you see? Well, you know, part of it is one of the reasons I decided to, to get into the whole arena of bullying to begin with. I mean, other than my own background is I see so many people, um, adults who were bullied as children who never got beyond that. Mm-hmm. So they, they had passions to do whatever it happened to be, whether, I mean, I know somebody who um, was a teacher and I know somebody who um, was an entertainer and they had all these passions and all these things they wanted to do, but because they were bullied over and over and over again as kids, now they're working at McDonald's and Walmart. Um, and there's nothing wrong with working at McDonald's and Walmart. I'm not knocking into one of those places. I'm just saying that they're highly educated people who are, taking jobs that they should not be in because they do not want to be in the particular world that they are in, either whether it's because they're self-conscious, because what is people going to say? Are they going to think I'm an imposter, this whole imposter syndrome thing? Yeah, yeah. So we all have these passions inside of us, and that's why I decided to get into this business because it's my job is to empower the people who were bullied to stand up for themselves and to reclaim the authority that they gave away to other people. Yes. I was just going to ask that. Keep, keep going down that, that lane. Who does 100% bullyproof serve? Well, we definitely serve adults, basically anybody who has been bullied and feels that there is, there's no way out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we do our boot camps for kids. So we will go into schools and do it for kids. But ironically, the person I really was thinking about when I started the company was I thought about all these adults. I thought, what makes somebody who was like Lady Gaga and bullied as a kid. What makes her have the drive to become successful and to, to basically say to all the bullies, look at me now, or a Susan Boyle. And then you have somebody who, a friend of mine who uh, is a school teacher, highly educated, PhD, and is working at Wendy's. You know, what makes her work at Wendy's when she should be teaching? Mm-hmm. And what makes Susan Boyle 
you know, an international entertainer, even though she was bullied, there, there's got to be some dynamic that we're missing here or why, why some people were empowered by being bullied and why some people succumb to it. Right, right. Well, I, oh, go ahead. What do you have to say about that? Well, and so what I started doing is I started watching um, all these people that I liked, you know, all these celebrities. I would watch them walk red carpets and I would watch them when they did interviews and, and I would watch how they positioned themselves and how they moved and how they talked and, you know, um, how they reacted to other people. And so one of the things that I do in my boot camp is for the bullied people. I have them like impersonate somebody that they admire. And you can see how they actually will walk on a stage differently and how they move differently, um, how, they're, how they might walk up all mousy-like, but whenever I tell them to impersonate somebody else, that they can go right into it. And then, honestly, that's probably why I got into acting as a kid, mm. because it was easier to be somebody else than it was to be myself. I, I want to oh, speak to that. This is so powerful. So first off, thanks. This is something that our listeners can literally take out of this episode and take into their life. And that's, I have a huge commitment to that. And the fact that you said someone can take on like impersonation of another person and you carry this, you carry yourself differently. That self-worth struggle, when we're in our identity and we have a a, a self-worth issue, we live into the identity. I am someone who's bullied. I am worthless. I am invisible. And we wear it like a coat. We wear it and we own it. And that's, we say that's who we are, but we have permission to go imitate someone else. And we, that shifts. Like, it's so great because I really want our listeners to get, you are the one who gets to say, so every moment You can say, I'm not that. That's not true about me. And you can declare what's true about you and shift it. What do you, go go ahead. (laughs) Something that was, I learned by actually, believe it or not, watching a TV evangelist on television, Uh which I normally don't watch it, but I just had me flipping through the channels one day. And so this is actually something that I built my company on. And she said that the moment we're born, God gives us two things. He gives us power and he gives us authority. And the devil only has power and can only take our authority if we give it to them. Mm. And so I kind of related that to the whole bullying situation that a bully might have power and be more powerful than you, but he does not have the authority to take your authority away from you unless you give it to him. Mm -hmm. And by not saying anything, by um, turning the other cheek, by, you know, ignoring the situation, we keep giving our authority away to people. I love that. I, and cause I say, don't give your power away. So I hear you loud and clear. What tips do you give to people to how, like, cause here's my favorite. I love coaching people and they go, okay, but how, <laughs> how do we do that? How do we stop giving our power away? What do you teach around that? Well, like I said, we still do the whole, uh, we do a lot of role playing and then we also do, um, where I will pose as the bully and I just have them go through, you know, just say all of the things that the bully has taken from you and you reclaim them back. Um, it's almost kind of like affirmations, you know, the way you do affirmations and it's just like taking the authority back from someone. Um, they may or may never talk to that person again, or it may have been somebody that bullied them years ago. When they come into a new situation, they know that they now have the knowledge of what I can do to not give my authority away. Okay. I know that I can stand up against them. I, I know that I can, I'm allowed to speak out. I know that um, I can tell someone, um, you know, <clears throat> but like for you, I mean, nobody, 
it was funny. Like whenever I started talking about bullying, everybody was like, oh, you were bullied. I had no idea, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, because I'd never told anyone. Yeah. Well, before, real quick, how, okay. So if I'm a bully, how would someone, like you said, you were saying declare their power and declare their, this, you were talking about the statement. So if I'm a bully and I'm picking on you and I'm saying mean things to you and I'm getting more aggressive. Well, just like I told the lady today, I said, you know what? You don't have the power to take my authority. I'm, I'm not going to, uh, to allow you to dictate to me what I'm supposed to believe and what I need to believe. Ah, uh, got it. It is not going to happen today. Got it. I heard like setting up a boundary almost too. Like, Hey, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now I get it. I get it. Cause I'm like, Oh, I want to practice that. Like I, and I, it's fun. It is, it is fun because I get that. And I think, um, something like, to say that that's going to completely go away. I mean, you know, yeah. um, tomorrow somebody might come up and believe me and, and it'll stun me for a moment and I'll right. be kind of like, wait a minute, you know, and then until I realize, wait a minute, you don't have the authority to even do that to me. Yeah. Yeah. You You know, what makes you think you're so much more powerful than I am just because you might have a better car than me or you are wearing a suit and I haven't been wearing jeans today, you know, how much money you really have in your bank account, you know, you know, all these things that that play in all of our heads, like, you know, but we think that the bully is so much more powerful than us. And we find out that they really are not. I love that. We're only as powerful as we allow them to be. Yeah, it does. It goes back to that self-worth conversation because I know when I feel smaller than somebody, or less than, you know, that's something that I have to be responsible for. I can almost feel myself shrinking. And when I catch that, a term that I, or a phrase that I started picking up for myself was like, see something, say something. Right. And I would say it to them. I'm like, you're like, or what's really going on here? You're being kind of like mean or you're being aggressive. Like what's wrong? And they'll, and then maybe they say something like, oh, I've had a really rough day. And that changes the tone. Or I'll say like, I notice I'm being, I'm a, I'm intimidated right now, or I just say what's going on. So I heard what you said there. And I think it's great because when you can communicate that, it causes such a different experience. Yeah, something I did as a kid, you know, <clears throat> which I mean, I, I talk on stage about this at whenever I do speeches and speaking on, and I do it like in a humorous way. Cause I mean, I'm, you've seen me speak. So you know that I always have like jokes that I tell, but yeah. um, you know, my stepfather was an alcoholic and he was very abusive. And so I learned very on, I, I would play a game with myself and it was called, you know, how to keep the alcoholic busy. So <laughs> whenever, he would, whenever he would come at me with a belt, I would always try to create some kind of diversion that would make him forget why he had the belt in his hand and, uh. and why he was there, you know? So I might lock my door and then he, I, one time I actually locked my door so he couldn't get in. And then I opened up the window and I hid in the closet. And so when he finally got into the room, he saw that the window was open uh, and, uh, and he thought I climbed out the window. So he goes outside and looks for it. So I, mean, I had like, all these hours that, you know, I didn't have to worry about wow. <laughs> being, being bullied. But that, that's another thing is, is almost creating like um, a diversion or a secondary conversation with your bully. If you're being bullied um, is to divert the attention. And, and that's why, honestly, a lot of people, um, I found out, I actually got a letter the other day from some kid who bullied me back in school that I, I and I honestly didn't even remember that he had bullied me, mm. but he had said that, you know, he would get bullied, so he would bully other people mm-hmm. so, that, so that the bullies would not pick on him. Oh, of course. He became part of that pack, whereas, you know, well, it's, it's better if I bully somebody else, that way it takes all of the pressure off of me and nobody's going to bully me instead. 
Oh, yeah. And, you know, you see that um, from home to school, too, like you mentioned, an abusive parent or maybe an abusive sibling. Sometimes when we lose power elsewhere, we need to gain power anywhere. It's all those different leaks and where we can get that source from. And you said it hurt people hurt people like Mm -hmm. It's it's spot on. But um, by the way, the diversion tool, I just want to, it made me think of like throwing a fake stick or a fake ball and a dog goes and chases it. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's, it's like, you know, if I could have, if I would have thought of it at that age, I probably would have had like beer in my room. And when my dad came in, I would just hand him a beer and he'd forget all about it, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because that there is that like de-escalation is really if we're I want to get technical about it for a second because first off the fact that you can tell it so lightheartedly like because ultimately if if you sh- if you have a different perspective like oh my god that is so dangerous like you, you oh my god right that is a serious scenario and yet you developed the the smarts the survival mechanism to survive that circumstance right and now you're able to teach it and you, it doesn't, oh my gosh, I'm just like, I'm really blown away over here because of the way, the ease in which you can explain the, that process, you know? And so I just want to acknowledge you because- I heard that without notes. I can't- I, Yeah, <laughs> you're killing it. You're doing great. Because <laughs> as I was telling somebody else, just today I said, you know, I'm doing this uh, podcast and I said, it's not scripted and I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that is incredibly intentional. I love the organic and look at what, what you're like, the wisdom and the knowledge, and it's all within us. I want everyone to get that everything they need is already within them. And that, that your, what you're dealing with and what you're sharing is that your life circumstances ultimately in some sense were given to you such that you can elevate above them and then bring people up with you. And that's what hearts unleashed is about. So what does it look like for Brian's heart to be unleashed? Part of it for me, this trip actually opened up a whole different thing that I was not planning to go into. You know, um, you know, I thought it was just going to be a fun little trip, uh, and it was just where we were going to be clowning around, and we were going to go to Russia, and we were going to go to orphanages and stuff. And then once I got home, I mean, believe me, I'm still going to continue my my bullying work because like, that's very very important. But one of the things I used to do is I actually used to do personal training. Um, I used to weigh 350 pounds. And I lost over 125 pounds. And when I was working at the gym, um, people started coming up to me and asking me, oh, how'd you lose the weight? You know? And so the gym ended up hiring me to be a trainer. So I actually got a training certification. And so that's kind of like a long involved um, process to answer this question. But um, so when I went on this particular clown tour and I came home, I thought, I really started thinking about all the people who are in hospitals or who are in nursing homes who are feeling invisible. And I'm thinking, well, what can I do for them? And I also know that nursing homes and uh, assisted living facilities have problems with getting their folks to exercise. And of course I'm a personal trainer. So I'm starting like a little division off of my business called Clown Fitness, where I'm going to be going into nursing homes and assisted livings, and I'm actually going to be having um, clown fitness classes for the residents there so that they can, one, not only get their exercise, but they also can feel that they're not invisible and that they can have a good time. Yeah. Oh, man, that's awesome. I see that next level of your business is showing up so naturally. 
honoring all the things coming your way. I totally got home. And I mean, I, I wasn't even thinking about it, but my mom, who's also a CNA um, and a caregiver, um, she's always mentioned how, you know, they can never seem to get like a fitness program. Their fitness program basically is they turn on a, a Richard Simmons DVD and that's their <laughs> workout. Well, that's terrible, you know, just in a room with Richard Simmons DVD and then they either work out or don't. Yeah. And I'm like, there's so much you can do. I mean, so much working out while we were uh, in these little clowning sessions in Russia, just by batting a, a balloon around. I mean, we got such a workout. Just doing that. And I was like, well, you know, you don't need any fancy equipment. I mean, I can go in there with like some balloons and some string and we can do all kinds of like workouts, you know? And so, yeah, I thought, well, that's that's kind of a neat little segue off of my, my business. And I even thought about bringing the clowning into the Bullyproof business as well. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, just bringing fun and play to yeah. a serious conversation. You know, um, I think it's Louise Hay who says it all the time is like, the sooner you can laugh about this, the thing that makes you sad, the sooner you get your power back. Right. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess in some reason, that's why I decided to go into not only performing, but I went into stand-up comedy because I would poke fun of a lot of those things. And I figure if I bring up the subject first, it takes the power away from you um, being able to bring that up for me. Yeah. Yeah. Now on the other side, same coin, I'm really committed about feeling your feelings. So there is sadness around this and, and people are bullied and depression comes from that. And, you know, a lot of other symptoms. What is a, like speak to that. And I have like, I have a follow-up question, but what do you have to say about that? I mean, I know from my own experience, I mean, I was able to, unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, delve into some other forms of ways to alleviate the isolation, the depression mm-hmm. by, by, by acting. And for the people who don't have that kind of um, ability to do that, it's just really surrounding yourself with people um, that you can, I don't know what's the word I'm trying to look for. Um, just surrounding yourself with people you can confide in. Yeah. Um, and see, as a kid, I didn't have that either because I, I didn't make friends very well. So like I said, I think that's one of the reasons why I kind of went into acting was because, you know, I could be in a play and I could, you know, I was around people, but I didn't necessarily have to talk to the people. At least as myself, I could always be a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I heard in that create, having a creative outlet. Right. Having a positive, um, imp- a positive community around you. Being, right. feeling connected to something other than you or outside of you and other people and really just connecting yourself to something other than that circumstance. Yeah. I mean, you know, what I have found, I mean, because in some ways people are going to say, I, I, they're going to hear this and they might say, well, if you don't acknowledge the fact that you were bullied, then you're ignoring that it ever happened to you. Not necessarily, but I'm also not letting it control me either. Yeah. I'm able to do what it is that I want to do um, in spite of that. Yeah. You know, you know, one of the things, one of the phrases I've always liked is do it afraid. Yeah. Uh, there are, I mean, believe me, I mean, my parents and maybe my sister thought I was crazy for going to Russia. She said, well, what if the people, what if you get to Russia and there's no clowns there? And I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. <laughs> you know, what if I end up in Russia and then there's like no clown troop to meet up with? And I'm like, oh, I guess I never thought. So, but you know, I'd like, I said, well, I'll just, uh, I'll figure that out when I get there. And yeah. if that happens, it happens. You know, so <clears throat> it's not that I'm ignoring whatever happened to me as a kid, which, you know, I, I may have in the past. Um, but that's, I think, why 
the universe kept bringing the bullying thing back to me. And finally says, are you, are you going to talk mm. about this family? Are you, are you going to do something with this and deal with this? And <sighs> because I tried other things. I mean, I wanted to be, honestly, I want, I wanted to be Tony Robbins and I wanted to be a motivational speaker, all of attraction speaker. And I kept trying this stuff. I'm like, this shit is not working for me. <laughs> I, I don't know why this stuff is not working, but this law of attraction stuff is just not, and everything just kept coming back to this bully stuff. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that. That is yeah. And, but that's just, that's where it kept coming back to. So I'm like, well, okay, there is something to this. We've got to make this work. Thank <laughs> Thank you. What a beautiful place to, okay, so what a beautiful place to really begin to put a bow on this or a bow tie as I see in front of me. (laughs) But oh my gosh, the universe will teach you the lesson until you learn it. (laughs) The universe is going to reveal your purpose until you accept it. And I want everyone to hear that a hundred times over because we resist, resist, resist. And the resistance is what causes our struggle. Thank you for accepting your calling and your, your path and your gift. And you know, how much easier has life gotten? Oh, oh, a lot. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's funny because, you know, whether I have a gig lined up or whether I don't, I don't panic. And my family is like, Oh my God, you don't have like anything lined up for tomorrow. How are you going to get a paycheck? I'm like, I- I'm not worried about it. It will come, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and before it was, it was like, I would take a job. I was in this job that I hated and uh, <clears throat> I've stayed there for the insurance. And I finally just decided oh. the insurance is not worth the headache and the trouble that it's causing me. <laughs> I, I think you just spoke to like half the population, by the way. <laughs> so, so the moment I quit that job, guess what? I figured out what to do about the whole insurance. Like, I still don't have insurance at the moment, but I found an alternative on how I can get my meds for very, very cheap. <laughs> so it, it caused me to be more resourceful and to actually look into stuff as opposed to staying in a, a job and in a situation um, that was really adversely affecting my health. And my health is actually better since I left that job with the insurance. Yes. I'm actually better health without the insurance than I was with it, to be quite well, honest. Hold on. This episode is not sponsored, but I would like to say that you have until December 15th to sign up for Obamacare. And I really feel that I have a very specific message. I saw it yesterday and on Facebook or somewhere, but yes, December 15th, go sign up for Obamacare. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I want to say something. One more thing though, because you're talking about you following your dream and I really sense that you've surrendered to your purpose and, and what the universe and God and whoever has really just sent you towards. And then there's your family. They're like, what if, what about, did you consider this? What if no clowns show up? (laughs) You don't have a job tomorrow. And I love that you acknowledge that because our loved ones will have all of those doubts for us all right, mm-hmm. and because they want to keep us safe, they know how to play safe, and maybe that's where they're at. However, w- there's too often that we let the fears of others impact our decision, and you're not doing that. And I really want to number one acknowledge you for that, but two, I really just want to like normalize that because I think we all have that, especially if we're shifting into entrepreneurship or we really want to leave the steady nine to five and the insurance and da, 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 da. And you figure it out, you know? Um, okay. So my, my father never did. My, my father died at 71, um, never having done anything that he wanted to do. I mean, I, I mean, I, I assumed that the job he was doing was the job he wanted to do. Found out afterwards, 
that that totally was not it. Yeah. And so yeah. Um, he allowed whatever, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he was worried about what the family was going to say or, or what the, you know, I mean, we were grown and out of the house by that point. I mean, you know, so I mean, I don't know why he never followed. Maybe he, again, he was probably comfortable. He had a job. He had been there for years. He's had a pension. Uh, he had insurance. Why, why rock the boat? Yeah. And so, the, I mean, I, I commend him for sticking with a job for so long. I mean, for, for years. And he, I mean, from the time he was 16 until the time he was 71. I mean, I commend him for staying with a job that long. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't imagine being <laughs> at a job like, uh, for, for a long time, unless it was something that I really enjoyed doing. Yeah. You know? But I think I just see it all the time where we are so consumed by what other people think. Um, but you know what? Other people don't live with us. You know, other people do not live the life that we live. And so why are we living lives for other people? I mean, you're grown and you're out of the house for a reason. Yeah. So live the life that you want to live. And if it doesn't coincide with what other people think you should be doing, well, um, they'll either jump on board later or they won't, but that's, that's up to them. That's, yeah. that's their issue. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for anyone, you know, I, I love saying certain things from both perspectives. Cause like for me, I just say they're not paying my bills. Like it's yeah, a little bit, it, sometimes it's a little more like harsh, but we're for real. Like you don't get to have an opinion or you can have your opinion, but it doesn't, it's not going to affect my choice. Like, like my mom tells me now, as long as you can pay your bills, I don't care what you do. Right. And you, but you, isn't that funny though? Cause it's like, as long as, right. Yeah, yeah. In order to, in order to have my approval, you must be paying your bills. And it's like, <laughs> it is very, it's backwards and it's okay. There's really nothing wrong because it does come from love. Right. However, the difference in the, the line that I want to draw, because I know there's so many people with so many passions ignoring them because those opinions and judgments and doubts are our barriers. So, oh my gosh. And I just think it's so great that you are 100% bursting down those barriers with Bullyproof. And so where can we get involved? Uh, these boot camps? how, like, do we sign up for one? Do we hire you? What's that look like? Um, basically, uh, I'm available any for any boot camp anywhere. So um, you can go to 100%bullyproof.com. It's um, the number 100bully-proof.com. Um, there you can sign up for, um, we have some free things on the website you can sign up for as well, like some, from some free reports and things like that. Uh, we also have a, um, what's called a Bullyproof um, Blueprint. Um, and this was really designed for companies like the one that I left that was a horrible company. <laughs> um <laughs> But it was like they, I think every company, regardless of how big or small you are, you have to have some kind of a blueprint in place. So, okay, if I'm being bullied by my boss, who do I go to? I yeah. need to know who I can go to. Um, if my boss is bullying me, if my boss is being bullied by his boss, who does he go to? Um, there has to be some type of what I call a blueprint. There has to be a blueprint set up of where we can go and what we can do. Kind of what I, my company does is we kind of incorporate that particular step and we will bridge the gap if we need to. What we like to do is we like to do an assessment with every employee at the company if we can, mm -hmm. have them all fill out uh, an assessment, mm -hmm. and then we take the assessment. We don't give names or anything like that to the company, but we say, okay, these are the areas where you're deficient, and these are the things that you need to look into. That's great. That's great. That would be incredibly eye-opening, just the assessment alone, and then the fact that you said you guys bridge the gap to have the workshops or the... Yeah, we're not, we're not going to make the the employees go right to their boss and say, hey, you're bullying me. You know, we will bridge that gap. These are the things some some employees are saying about this particular company. You know, we're not going to call anybody out, but we're saying this is where your company needs work, and this is the 
particular thing that we want to work on with you, with your company. Yeah. Cause then you're the one you provide tools, exercises, communication, all that. That's amazing. And I just really want to acknowledge you for bringing that conversation because in this world where people are stepping into their power and they really get that they don't have to tolerate things like that. It, I think it's incredibly vital that, you know, companies kind of go with that flow, like step into it, be part of the initiative as opposed to part of the, the not the problem, but ultimately the opportunity to create something new. And like I said, we'll, we'll even go, I'll even go to churches and do this. I mean, so if there's yeah. anybody who's like, well, I don't belong to a company that, but I'm being bullied by, you know, somebody mm. down the street and I don't know what to do about it. And I, I can't go to these companies that have a boot camp. Um, <clears throat> churches can get on our website or, or any, uh, any nonprofit organization can get on our website and we will host a boot camp in whatever city or state that you, you're located in. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for opening that up. So schools, companies, churches, uh, nonprofits, ooh, like community centers. Now I'm going crazy now. I'm like, ooh, I can think of, okay. So if you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys, if you are ready to contribute and you are ready to become part of the movement of 100% Bullyproof, please reach out to Brian. You can reach, you can follow, go to 100% Bullyproof. I'll have the show notes, uh, the website in the show notes. So you can follow him. Where can we, are you online? Are you on social media? I'm on social media. I have a 100% Bullyproof uh, Facebook page. Um, I also am on Facebook as speaker Brian Lee as well. You can, um, I'm always uh, letting people talk to me there as well. I'm on Facebook oh. a lot, unfortunately. <laughs> but will you show up in the clown outfit? Yes. <laughs> Great. I'm actually trying to figure out a, a way to incorporate the clowning into the, the Bullyproof workshops. I'm actually working on some yeah, because, you know, the whole clowning thing, like like the Three Stooges and how they used to hit each other. And I'm thinking, okay, there's a way to incorporate this. I, so yeah. I'm right now, I'm in the process of figuring out how to bring the clown into this. So, yes, I will. Awesome. <laughs> and have you launched your retirement, that elderly, um, the senior, senior fitness yet? Uh, it's called Clown Fitness. And, again, that's at uh, clownfitness.com. Awesome. And, again, any, uh, any particular senior center that wants um, – a program like that um, can go onto that website and they can also click like the book here um, and then they can, we will contact them about booking a, a clown fitness for their particular facility as well. That is really great. Brian, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for bringing your joy, your play, your light, your love, your wisdom. Thank you for bringing all of that to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. It is so fun. It's so fun to, you know, the um, slogan is turning dreamers into doers or like our, our real, our standpoint. Right. And I really feel like this conversation can really support people dreaming about a bully free life to take some of their power back and shift into that and create it. So thank you. You have a great one. You too. Thank you very much. Today's Hearts Unleashed podcast is brought to you by Palmsy, a super comfy sock company committed to sharing your message straight from your heart, right through the bottom of your feet. Your host, Abigail Gazda and Palmsy have joined forces to bring you the Hearts Unleashed collection filled with inspiring socks and mugs. Sip your inspiration out of the new mug and come cozy up with us as you tune in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. You can also give the gift of motivation to your loved ones by grabbing their next new favorite pair of socks at Palmsy on Etsy. Thank you for joining us on this journey where we are achieving our dreams one step at a time.
for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.